You're listening to the Debunked Daily Podcast with Mike Bolton. Uncovering the truth behind the news, we dive deeper down the rabbit hole, shedding light on ways to thrive outside of the system in this strange new world. Welcome to episode 14 of Debunk Daily. I'm your host, Mike Bolton. Back with another episode and I've got something kind of interesting. Well, quite interesting to talk about actually. And, you know, it's tough to make out what is true and what is just propaganda these days. But I've, um, I've been trying to put a finger on exactly who Vladimir Putin is. Because the media doesn't seem to love him. And they kind of loop him in with Trump quite a bit. And they, they're, you know, they, they constantly use, like they would refer to Russia. They would say that Russia manip- helped to manipulate the election when, when Trump won back in 2016. And they, they're always talking about Russian cyber hacking and all of this. And, I don't really I don't buy it. But then you hear about news like this and you kind of understand how why the media essentially is trying to portray Russia as the villains when in actuality Russia might be doing their own thing. It's tough to tell these days, but uh I kind of feel like Vladimir Putin is just doing it, doing his own thing, flying by the seat of his pants and like hold and he cares about Russia's independence is what I'm starting to notice. And it almost appears like he actually cares about his legacy and his history and reputation. And, you know, Russia's already been through a lot. Perhaps Vladimir Putin dare I say it, um, grew up in a time that, uh, you know, taught him a lot. And, and he actually, perhaps he's a politician because he actually wants to do some good as opposed to the way it works in the Western world and most of the world, to be honest, where politicians basically sign up and pledge allegiance to the NWO and all of that. I don't know, right? But I will... Read you this article, and um, you can then decide for yourself. But it's originally I saw this article. Uh, well, I follow a a silver and like precious metals investment YouTube channel called Arcadia Economics, and that's hosted by Chris Marcus. Great channel, great channel, especially if also if you're looking to get into like silver and gold and buying those to protect your your wealth, protect the value of your money um, that you've obviously worked so hard for. And now they're going to destroy the fucking Canadian dollar and all of that. So it definitely helps to either have like silver, gold, crypto, whatever it might be, whatever keeps you a little more like decentralized and 
whatever is the defensive asset against hyperinflation, of course. But the article that Chris Marcus read in this video was by Monda Stuff is the website. Don't know that much about them, but this is um this is not just them that's talking about this. This is like multiple media pages that are media outlets that are talking about Putin essentially separating Russia from the central banking system. And he's Russia's not the only one now joining along with this. There are other countries that are not really a part of the like Rothschild central banking system. They have their own monetary system or their own currency, we should say, because there really isn't any country that I know of right now that isn't basically just on a fiat system, meaning that like the value of their currency only has value because the actual state enforces the value with guns and an authoritarian police state to an extent. And the actual paper bills that we keep in our wallet wouldn't actually have value unless you could also have a gun held to your head telling you that it does and telling you that it's fucking tax time, baby. <laughs> Either fucking pay up or you're going to jail. Um, anyway, let's get into this article. And you can, yeah, form your own opinion, guys, you know. Mondastuff.com. And this is from uh, February 13th, three days ago, by Adnan Aftab. Okay, Putin announces total independence from Rothschild-controlled U.S. dollar. And in a statement about the news, Mr. Putin said his country is finally free from the icy grip of the Rothschild banking cartel and New World Order Cabal. So I should also say, like, it seems like Monda Stuff is definitely an alternative media source, and I appreciate that. In fact, I trust that a lot more than the mainstream media. Yes. Yes, I do. And if you disagree, <laughs> you're a sheep. <laughs> and go fuck yourself. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, well, I'm actually not kidding. <laughs> anyway, two years previous, President Putin prohibited Jacob Rothschild and his New World Order banking cabal from operating in Russian territory under any circumstances. Now, following his current election success, Putin has vowed to continue unburdening Russia's economy from the dangerous monopoly of the U.S. dollar in order to guarantee Russian sovereignty in an increasingly, in an increasingly globalized world. Very true. Addressing the Russian parliament following his inauguration, Vladimir Putin said that stating total independence from the worldwide banking cartel and the Rothschild global money programming providing organization would be the biggest gift he could provide to future generations. 
Whew, ain't that a fact? We used to behave naively, but now we see that the WTO, World Trade Organization, rules are all too often broken. The restrictions are imposed for political reasons, which they call sanctions. Plus, more and more of them are imposed to secure its favorite competitive advantages, Putin said. He said that the, that the brand new constraints breaking the world trade principle make the world see that monopoly of the United States dollar threatens for many areas. Putin says he's freed Russia from dependence on the U.S. dollar. According to the Russian leader, de-dollarization needs to be promoted on principle in order to protect the country's sovereignty. The Rothschild-controlled U.S. dollar. While Putin did not call an alternative currency, it is thought he is against any currency ending up being a quasi world currency, specifically if that currency is pushed by the Rothschild International Monetary Fund and WTO. They said we could not do it. They said we would be destroyed, Putin told personnel and senior associates at an event last year. Our future generations will be born without Rothschild's chains around their wrists and ankles. This is the best present we can provide. Russian Finance Minister Alexei Kudrin likewise spoke at the occasion and applauded Putin's accomplishments in driving the Rothschilds out of the country. Man, it's filling my heart with happiness right now. If this is fucking true. <laughs> Again, tough to know these days, but I'm, I'm loving it. They do not go quickly, Kudrin said, or stated, but we have shown it is possible. The greatest tradition that we can be passed on to our kids and grandchildren is not cash or other material things they built up in life. However, rather a tradition of liberty from enslavement. Putin declares Russia to be finally free from the icy grip of Lord Jacob Rothschild. You guys know him, right? Seen some pictures? By making the last payment on all of the former Soviet republic's debts to the world's central banks, making Russia the first nation to set itself totally free from the oppressive grip of the New World Order's banking system, Putin has actually made sure future generations of Russians will not live in financial obligation slavery to the globalist cabal. <laughs> Do you understand how huge that is? If this is true, like, my Lord, I will move to Russia. <laughs> Not kidding. I'll have to convince my fucking family, though. It is understood that the Rothschild banking racket was a noose tied around the neck of the Russian economy. When the knot was tightened up, the economy would struggle and choke. The International Monetary Fund, IMF, and the World Bank have been major players in the global financial landscape ever, con ever considering that their creation in 1944. These international banking organizations, which are independently controlled by the infamous Rothschild banking family, 
first pressure nations to decontrol their financial sector, permitting private banks to loot their economies. They do do that. It's uh, economic warfare. There's a book about it, actually, from a former economic hitman. The book is entitled Economic Hitman. And uh, the dude goes into detail. I wish I had the name for you. Maybe I'll get that for you by the end of this uh, episode. But the guy goes into detail about how his job was to go into typically small countries and bribe their political leaders and um, essentially tell them that they either were to bow and kneel to the loans that the central banking system wanted to provide their country um, for things that essentially would not benefit the, uh, the citizens. I'll give you an example. The guy would go in and talk to, say, the political leader of um, you know Mexico or Venezuela or Cuba and say, listen, we'll give you a – the central bank is going to give you – or the central banking system is going to give you a loan – but it's going to fund us coming in and uh, creating a gold mine to essentially extort gold from and silver from Mexico, not benefiting the citizens at all, and essentially also putting the citizens in debt because all loans loaned to the government essentially are paid back by taxpayers. Right? It's not actually paid by the government. It's paid by taxpayers because the taxpayers fund the government. And um, yeah, no, essentially go along with this loan or there will be consequences. And I don't know how, in terms of how, how much in detail they go in terms of those consequences, but the political leader probably knows, given that they're a part of that system to begin with, that if they don't go along with it, them and their family could be at risk of essentially being killed or held hostage or whatever it may be. And this economic hitman who wrote this book, Economic Hitman, said that there was also another group called the Jackals where essentially if a political leader did not go along with what the central banking system wanted, then the jackals would be sent in often to assassinate that political leader on the spot. If not on the spot, then, you know, a couple days later, a couple weeks later. So it's the kind of thing where it's equal parts bribery, equal parts they know that they might be killed. So... I also think to myself, like a guy like Doug Ford, for example, is probably a pretty, I think what's going on with him is I think he was bribed, but I think as well, he was threatened. And I think he was also told like, listen, it's going to go on whether you go along with it or not. So either accept this money and go along with lockdowns and mandatory masks and economic collapse 
and military checkpoints and invading people's homes if they're spreading disinformation or you and your family could be at risk. We're not going to say of what. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, not to get too off topic, let's continue this article. Okay, so by making the last payment on all the former Soviet republics' debts, the world's central banks, making Russia the first nation to set itself totally free from the oppressive grip of the New World Order's banking system, Putin has actually made sure future generations of Russians will not live in financial obligation, slavery, to the globalist cabal. It is understood that the Rothschild banking racket was a noose tied around the neck of the Russian economy. When the knot was tightened, the economy would struggle and choke. The International Monetary Fund and the World Bank have been major players in the global financial landscape ever considering that their creation in 1944. These international banking organizations, which are independently controlled by the infamous Rothschild banking family, first pressure nations to decontrol their financial sector, permitting private banks to loot their economies. Once the governments are forced to bail out their deregulated monetary sector, the IMF, or World Bank, establishes a loan package composed in secret by central lenders and finance ministers that undermine their national sovereignty and require them to embrace policies of austerity that damage employees, family, and the environment. Russia was the first country to grow wise to the ploy. Well, I don't know about that. Like, I feel like JFK was also one of those guys too, but he was assassinated. So there you go. They have actually worked extremely hard to gain monetary self-reliance and have subsequently finished the process of kicking the Rothschild managed banks from their nation. Putin's plan. Early in his presidency, Putin made a priority of unifying Russia socially, spiritually, and financially. He ordered the arrest of the Rothschild-backed oligarch Mikhail Khodorkovsky, who had actually made Rothschild, Henry Kissinger, and Arthur Hartman directors of the Open Russian Foundation. Last year, Putin advised his cabinet that he was handling the Rothschilds and globalist banksters by grabbing them by the scruff on the neck and kicking them out of Russia's back door. Now, keep in mind, this is a small publication, right? So this is a topic I'm going to have to like delve back into. They do not own the world and they do, do not have carte blanche to do whatever they desire. If we do not challenge them, there will be other problems. We will not be bullied by them. Okay, so that is that is that article. All right, I've got another article 
for you guys. And before I get into that, I'm also going to play a video of Joe Biden talking about Russia. And uh, the whole narrative is that like the U.S. will not be rolling over in the face of aggressive action by Moscow. You know, and he's trying to, they're trying to portray this image that like Trump was like in alliance with like Russia, who is this, uh, you know, evil superpower. And that now that Biden's in, it's going to restore, you know, democracy and, and that everything Trump was up to was um, all to do with alliances with corrupt countries like Russia, right? So <laughs> anyway, let's uh, let's play this video first so you can hear what Mr. Dementia Sleepy Joe Biden has to say, and uh, then we'll get home with the article. America is back. Diplomacy is back at the center of our foreign policy. Over the past... I've spoken with the leaders of many of our closest friends. Canada, Mexico, the UK, Germany, France, NATO, Japan, South Korea, Australia. To being reforming the habits of cooperation and rebuilding the muscle of democratic alliances that have atrophied over the past few years of neglect and, I would argue, abuse. America and alliances are our greatest asset. And leading with diplomacy means standing shoulder to shoulder with our allies and key partners once again. By leading with diplomacy, we must also mean engaging our adversaries and our competitors diplomatically, where it's in our interest and advance the security of the American people. That's why yesterday, the United States and Russia agreed to extend the New START Treaty for five years to preserve the only remaining treaty between our countries safeguarding nuclear stability. At the same time, I made it clear to President Putin in a manner very different from my predecessor that the days of the United States rolling over in the face of Russia's aggressive actions, interfering with our elections, cyber attacks, poisoning its citizens are over. We will not hesitate to raise the cost on Russia and defend our vital interest and our people. And we will be more effective in dealing with Russia when we work in coalition and coordination with other like-minded partners. All right. Thank you, Sleepy Joe. Um... We yeah, have one thing I find kind of like on a, a little bit of a side note. One thing I find interesting is uh, he talks about Russia poisoning its citizens. <laughs> From what I've heard, Russia actually has a lot less poisoning of their citizens than the U.S. Um, in fact... I, I would love, to, I, you know, I need to make a little, I need to have a Russian pen pal 
is what I need. I think that's what we all need. We all need fucking pen pals all over the the earth so that we can get a real grasp of what's actually happening in these countries. And you know what? You don't just need a pen pal. You need an awake. Can I use the word woke? No, I can't because it's been ruined. Now if you're woke, you're asleep. <laughs> you like probably support Antifa and BLM and think that the protests were mostly peaceful. Um, we all need like pen pals, awake pen pals in other countries to really know what's actually happening in the world. And I say pen pals because they'll obviously just like listen to every one of your WhatsApp messages and Instagram DMs and all of that. Probably Telegram too. I'm hearing good things about Signal. Anyway, on to this next article. Like I feel like Putin kind of – what the difference is is like Putin wants his citizens to be strong so that they can fight potentially against the bullshit that is the globalist, you know, slash central banking system. Because it all has to do with money, right? They can't really control us quite as much if we were all on our own money system. It's the fact that they can also track your money too. Which is why I'm so, like, interested in the whole, like, agorist and, like, of course, like, libertarian movement as well. But the agorist movement as well of, like, not not going through the traditional system of accepting payments, right? Like, moving more towards, like, cryptocurrency or even silver or gold for payments. You want to pay me? Sure. Pay me in... Bitcoin, pay me in Monero. Whew. I have to do a podcast just on the subject of Monero. It's a cryptocurrency that is essentially the most private decentralized cryptocurrency in existence. It can't even be tracked. You buy Monero and then like they have no... They can't track what you do with it after that. And if you've, say, for example, made a bunch of like profits in like other cryptocurrencies that are a lot more trackable, and yes, that even includes Bitcoin, but you transfer to Monero, once you transfer to Monero, it's kind of just a free-for-all. It's like they can't track it after that point. So if they question you on that, it's like, Oh yeah. No, those profits that I uh that I gained on Bitcoin or Ethereum or Theta. Yeah, no, I lost those in a boating accident. Lost my uh my ledger, my ledger nano. <laughs> anyway, getting a little off topic, but I, I should do a um another episode just on cryptocurrency again. And uh, particularly, I want to talk about um, Monero as a privacy coin and a way of like essentially banking outside of the banking system or essentially exchanging real money 
outside of the banking system. And believe it or not, cryptocurrency is becoming more like actual money than the digital illusions that they can just essentially print into existence with the tap of a finger on a keyboard that the central banks, you know, can... The central banks are printing money like like there's into oblivion. So how can you trust that shit? It's not backed by anything. Anyway, let's get to this article. <laughs> this is by Reuters. Reuters is most definitely part of the uh, mainstream media system. This, and that's why I'm reading it, actually, because I want to... Uh, because if they're whatever the mainstream media is propagating, if you t- if you understand that like it's basically the opposite polar opposite of that, then you're uh, you're doing pretty well. You can pretty much assume that whatever they're saying is on some level there is an opposite reality of what's actually happening in the world. So Reuters, I believe, is actually owned by. The Rothschild family. Maybe someone else. I might be wrong on that. But you heard the video. Uh, The headline is Biden tells Putin U.S. no longer rolling over. This article was put out on February 4th. Which is interesting because the other one was put out on February 13th. There seems to be a little momentum in terms of uh, maybe Russia separating from the central banking system. You know, first you have like the small alternative media that's talking about like what's really going on. And then, of course, you have your mainstream stuff like, you know, Reuters now talking about Biden tells Putin U.S. no longer rolling over. Right. The way it's typically, this is what they do. They'll make like this, you know, small, well, Russia's not a small country, but (laughs) they'll make this like opposing political leader just look like they're they're the actual threat, right? So they're going to, throughout this article, they're going to try and paint Putin as like this, uh, the villain. So let's, uh, let's get into it. President Joe Biden on Thursday told Russia that the United States would no longer be rolling over in the face of aggressive action by Moscow, declaring a new tough approach by Washington. Visiting the State Department, Biden also promised to repair alliances and engage with the world again. American leadership must meet rising authoritarianism and unite with partner partners to combat global challenges such as the coronavirus pandemic or climate change, he said. <laughs> meet the <laughs> rising authoritarianism. American leadership must, must meet the rising authoritarianism. Oh my God. How much more of an authoritarian state has the U.S. become like since Biden? There are changes that we're already seeing, but it's all masked as like 
social programs and this, but nobody sees the totalitarian like police state that the U.S. is probably becoming right now. It's almost more clear in Canada because like they have a ways to go in America because America is like such a gun state and that. And I mean, I love that. Like I wish I had gotten that together. Like I feel um, so much more safe if I had that together. The PAL and all that. You know, basically your arms license. It's a great thing. And um, it's very important because what you'll notice with every communist state is the first thing they do is they remove the guns. And I've learned a lot about that recently, uh, especially been watching a lot of uh, The Raging Humanist. Follow that guy on YouTube and then you'll... He's on other platforms as well because... um, they're trying to censor him and all this, but he's like an ex-military guy. He's probably the most uh, straight up. Tells it like it is. Um, ex-military, Canadian, originally born out east, now living out west, I believe in Saskatchewan. Amazing guy, amazing guy. Um, the Raging Humanist. Just search that on YouTube. You'll find him. Highly recommend watching that guy's channel. He's He hits the nail on the head. <laughs> and uh, it's great to watch. It's almost like therapy. <laughs> because like in a world of like so many lies, it's just nice to know that there's other people out there who see all of this for what it is. Uh, Biden, as expected, adopted a sterner tone with Russian President Vladimir Putin than his predecessor, Donald Trump. I love how they're trying to paint, like, Joe Biden as this, like, the voice of reason, like, the more, like, responsible and more, like, like, almost as if, like, he's got, like, a bigger nutsack than Trump, like, you know, in a sterner tone. Meanwhile, it's like, if anything, Trump probably liked Vladimir Putin because he was, like, detaching himself from the central banks. Uh, listen, I, I, I've i seen, you know, I I still lie somewhere in between. You know, some people have said I'm black-pilled. Um, others, if, you know, some of some of the most awake people will say, no, you can't trust a single politician. I'm somewhere in between. I think that there are sometimes politicians who weave their way through the system and get to a certain point and they they get in and they like betray the NWO and go against it. I'm definitely don't worry, I'm not trusting the plan. But I do wonder about something like this, like Vladimir Putin kind of separating from the central banking system. Anyway, uh, I made it clear to President Putin in a manner 
very different from my predecessor. Days the United States rolling over in the face of Russia's aggressive actions, interfering with our elections, cyber attacks, poisoning citizens are over. Poisoning citizens, yeah, there it is, Biden said. The two leaders spoke by phone in late January. Supposedly. <laughs> we will not hesitate to raise the costs on Russia and defend our vital interests and our people. And we will be more effective in dealing with Russia when we work in coalition and coordination with other like-minded partners. He said. Other like-minded partners. Like China. <laughs> yeah. As president... Trump came under intense criticism that he was too friendly with Moscow amid U.S. intelligence findings that Russia interfered in the 2016 presidential election to boost his chances of winning the White House. Washington and Moscow disagree on a wide range of issues such as Russia's military ambitions in Ukraine and Georgia, the alleged poisoning of Kremlin critic Alexei Navalny, the last year's cyber attack on U.S. government, Agencies that Washington blames on Russia. Yeah, they love to blame stuff on Russia. Which actually, may, like, much like with Trump, it makes me trust Russia more. <laughs> kind of like this Putin guy. I'm liking the sound of what's going on. Biden, calling the recent jailing of Navalny politically motivated, said Washington was deeply concerned and repeated a U.S. call for his release. Despite their disagreements, the two countries earlier this week extended the New START arms control treaty for five years, preserving the last treaty limiting deployments of the world's two largest strategic nuclear arsenals. So, you know, um, with this news of uh, Putin separating from the, the Rothschild banking system. I I don't know. I'd say it's maybe like 75, 80% true. I'm not sure. I, I honestly have, I have to look into it. I, I you almost have, like, I'm, I'm liking that I'm also seeing like a complete opposite from a, the alternative media source where they're trying to paint Putin as like the villain because that almost like adds more legitimacy to the to what the alternative media source is trying to say he's separating from the central banking system so of course on the opposite polar side the mainstream media is going to push that putin is a villain and present some sort of threat to the u.s so i mean yeah i'm going to continue to look and see uh what's up with this but it seems Seems great. Seems great to me. It's a step in the right direction. Um, and maybe we all have to move to Russia. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Debunk Daily. I'm sure a question is probably on your mind is like, how can you make a difference right now? You know, how can you make a difference in this world where we're just seeing more and more like authoritarian control 
uh, sweep in to Canada every day. Um, I'll tell you straight up what I think it is. It's like, stop wearing the mask. That is the thing that will initially put everyone, government, mainstream media, the elite ruling class, it's going to force them to show their cards. It's going to, it's going to call them out. It's going to call their bluff on all of this because constitutional law is above these bylaws. So for example, when you go into the local grocery store or local LCBO or beer store or even just your local small business, try walking in without a mask. And when they ask, uh, do you have a mask? Oh, hey, hey, uh, do you have a mask? No, I'm exempt. Start with that. Um, if you want more information on that, just message me, Debunk Daily, on Instagram, and I can give you more information on that. But like, the fact of the matter is, it's just a bylaw, and uh, they have no authority to enforce that you wear a mask when you go into these establishments. And it's medical discrimination. So let's hold them accountable. Let's let them know that we are out here and we are in their neighborhood and that they can't get away with this shit. And we're on to the scam. We're on to the scamdemic. Uh, a 0.02 infection fatality rate that is predominantly made up of people who didn't actually die from any COVID-19 pandemic, but actually just died of like natural causes. And then we're wrapped in based on the fact that the PCR test has a 45, they're running the PCR test at a 45 cycle threshold and can find whatever they want. Mostly it's influenza A and influenza B that they're calling COVID-19, which in the flu is a coronavirus. It's all fucking fake. And listen, I would be dead by now if this was an actual pandemic. So let's start showing them that we actually know what's fucking going on. And we do that not by having like long drawn out conversations with sheep who will never fucking understand it, but by flexing our civil liberties on them and going into places without a mask. And uh, what else? Um, get together with your friends. Go for a walk with seven to eight fucking people. I don't know. <laughs> do whatever the fuck you want. Do whatever you would normally do in regular times. Anyway, guys, stay strong. Keep spreading the word. And remember, it's not a conspiracy theory if it's uh, blatantly obvious and just staring you right in the fucking face. All right. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, guys. And uh, I'll catch you in the next episode of Debunked Daily.